Welcome to Becoming Iconic, the masterclass for you by me, Jen Spiegel. I am your host and also the founder of Becoming Iconic, which is a global brand supporting entrepreneurs in their life, business, and most importantly, leadership. I am so glad you're here. Enjoy. This is going to be a really cool sitting on the couch together, intimate conversation. And I want to call it like the before and after. I am really reflective today. I often, I don't know if I ever really, to be honest with you, have notes when I'm sitting down to do a podcast. I am someone who loves to speak from my heart and my soul and just share. Like we were having conversation in my home, sitting around having a cup of coffee or a glass of wine. That has always just been my desire for this podcast is it feels that way. It feels intimate. It feels raw and real, not curated and practiced. And so today I feel a little nervous if I do say so, because I haven't really thought through at all what I want to say here. I just know I was sitting on the couch having my cup of coffee and really thinking of my journey in leadership and thinking of my journey as an entrepreneur and having a lot of realizations and moments where I felt a little sad, a moment where I felt like I needed to give myself some more forgiveness and a moment of complete elation knowing that I have applied these lessons and my leadership is so drastically different in such a beautiful way. And I have something to teach here. I have something to walk you through. I'm going to share a little bit more of my story in this masterclass than I ever have before. It's not something I do as often. I love teaching lessons. And I think you have that idea of me if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time. I love teaching. But I also realize, and I've been told over and over again, that I am also a healer. And I believe healing comes through sharing stories and sharing some of those vulnerable moments, those moments you're not so proud of, those moments you wish you could have done differently. So in my healing of bringing this out into the world and sharing this verbally with you today, I wonder if it's going to create some healing for you. I wonder if there's going to be a level of, I don't know, understanding, reflection, even this feeling of like, oh my goodness, this is me or this was me. And I, I haven't actually reflected on these things myself. And, and maybe this will be the spark for you to really step into some self-forgiveness because I believe a lot of this is that. So the before and after, the before is going to be related to the hustle culture I was raised in. The after is going to be the empowerment space that I believe we are in now as entrepreneurs. And this is not a male or female thing. Men and women were both raised in a hustle culture. This feeling of dying on the treadmill. You know, I will die on the treadmill before I lose to this or I will do whatever it takes and really feeling like we couldn't take a breath. And if we did that in some way, we would be missing an opportunity or losing momentum. It was so much pressure, so much grind so much of the masculine for us all. Now I believe we're making this bridge or are creating this bridge. And on the other side is this beautiful, harmonious living of both the masculine and the feminine. I do not wish to be on a side where there is no masculine because it gets things done. And there is a level of action that needs to happen as an entrepreneur in order to attain success. But it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be all feminine flow, you know, just wake up and just do whatever you want to do and listen and tap in. And I don't buy that. 
And I also will not buy, nor will I tolerate the other side that I lived on for a long time. And that is the masculine of grind, 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 grind. So I'm going to share with you the before, some stories that I had in my leadership journey. And then the after, things I do now differently to be a poised CEO, to be in the posture of a CEO and truly run my business and life the way I always desired. Somehow, some way along the journey, I equated having feelings of ease and simplicity and joy and meaning and abundance to a target, to a certain revenue or uh, the way the business would look, how many clients, whatever that is to you, you can translate that into your own words or your own goals. But that to me was something I needed to earn. It was something I needed to achieve. And once I achieved these things, then I would feel the way I really wanted to feel. Well, spoiler alert, and you've heard this before, but I, I think sometimes we hear these things, but we almost like go, nah, it's not true. It's not true because I don't feel that way right now. So, you know, it's easy for Jen to say, look at all her success. Of course she feels that way now. I'm in the midst of growing my business still and, you know, like climbing and, and got scuffed knees and I, I'm, I'm working here. Yeah, it's easier for you to say than it is for me. Hmm, is it though? Is it a choice? Is it a choice for us to feel fulfilled and abundant and happy and compassionate and loving and to add beauty into our lives, whether it's just recognizing nature outside of our window or putting on our favorite song or dancing in the kitchen? I mean, is that really something we need to earn? Is that really something that is attached to an end result, a goal? It's not. And so I am not here and I will not be a leader for you ever who suggests that this is going to be easy and that you don't have to have a lot of work ethic to be successful. That is not true. And so if somebody is telling you that and says it's just manifesting and what you think about you bring about and as long as you believe it, you'll achieve it. If only it were that easy. (laughs) That is a component to success, but it is not the full picture. There is work ethic. So how do we figure out how to balance those two things, bring them together to work together? And this is what I hope to share with you and and cast a light on for you that you can just sit in the art of discernment. This word was so perfect for me in 2021. It was my word for the year. I wanted to discern what I had recognized in my life is I was so good at doing and I was such a great student. You told me as my mentor to do XYZ, XYZ got done and it got done so well and so meticulous and in great timing. I mean, I was studious. I could get things done. I was very coachable. I still am, but I didn't have any personal discernment. So when advice was given to me, I never sat with that advice and asked myself questions like, is this correct for me? Is this the way I want to live this? day, week, month, my business, my life? Does this fit my values? Am I in integrity? I didn't have that. And that's the one piece, the one piece that I still have a little bit of grief around. If only I had had the art of discernment along my entrepreneurship journey. And so if you are new as an entrepreneur or newer, I am so glad you're listening to this. It's the advice, the best advice And I wish I had had it sooner because 2021 was the year 
I stepped into my personal power. It is the year. I mean, you can't see it anymore because my social media is gone, but you saw the glow up. It was creating a lot of attention. So many people who had been following me for years were like, what happened? What's going on? There's such a shift. Well, the shift was discernment. The shift was me stepping into my personal power and asking myself, is this correct for me? And does this fit what I desire and how I want to live my days? Is this something that I feel is characteristic of me? Is this how I want to be seen in the world, et cetera, et cetera? Discernment was the greatest addition to my life. And that's what this masterclass is going to give you the, the art and the nudge to step into discernment all the time. Because when you do this before and after, either will happen in a blink of an eye, you'll make really great quick decisions, not as long as it took me, or you'll avoid the whole before and after altogether. Because you'll be able to say when you have advice given to you, ah, that doesn't feel correct. I, I'm not sure that's how I would like to do things. I, I can tweak this or shift this or forget it altogether. Or maybe it sparks an idea or a way you want to lead your life in business. So remember in mentorship too, this is an important piece. As mentors, we are going to always pour out ideas and concepts and strategy to you. But you as the partner, you as the client, you as the mentoree, get to sit in that ability, that that strength, that confidence, that CEO posture yourself to say, is this correct? Everything Jen says doesn't need to be correct for you. I do believe I spark in people a lot of their own discernment and integrity and confidence. But I also know that how I do things is not the way everybody else is going to do things. And my hope is that sometimes when I do things, you're going to learn through me like, oh, I, I don't know if I would do it that way. I think I would change this and do it that way. Amazing. That's perfect. That's what a mentor does. A mentor doesn't need to always be right and doesn't need everybody to do it with the way they're doing it. What a mentor does is stand up and share these concepts, ideas with you like I am right now and really pushes you, supports you into your own personal power where you are standing, being firm, anchored into the most beautiful existence. That's what we do. That's what I do. <laughs> I'll speak for myself. So here we go. Let's jump into the before and after. The before being the hustle of over a decade of entrepreneurship. And the after is really stemming from 2020 when I stepped into my personal brand and started becoming iconic. I did it in a very different, very different posture. So I was raised in hustle, which again, this is all coming through me from my lens and my experience. It may not have been the way the advice was given, and it may not have been somebody else's experience. This is how I experienced it. When I started entrepreneurship, I was hungry for success. I was hungry for success because I had so many people telling me I shouldn't. I had people who were not supportive. I didn't have a big cheerleading squad. I did not have that hype squad who was like, you can do this, Jen. This is amazing. What can I do to support you? That was not a part of my start of my journey at all. Zero. Didn't happen. And so that led me into this really big sense of urgency to prove people wrong. And I don't regret that. And that's still to this day, a little bit of who I am. It's like, oh, you did not just tell me I can't do something, did you? Because, oh, you better get a bag of popcorn and enjoy the show because this girl will show you what she's made of. I mean, that 
that inner competitiveness with me, that fire in my belly is something I I love and I value. But it was like out of control. It was a, a forest fire when I started entrepreneurship just because I had so many naysayers. So that leads into unhealthy masculine of go, 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 grind. I'll put more hours in than everybody else. I'll do more asks than anybody else. I'll do more activity than everybody else. I'll just do more. And it was highly successful. I was top of the top, top sales, top international growth, top everything, top, 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 top. And I made it to the top and I am the 1%. And it was nothing that I necessarily regret. And it led to really big success, what everybody desires. I just wonder, and I also know my journey to that success could have looked differently. When I would go on vacation, so here's a before, I never went on vacation and allowed myself to take a vacation. I remember feeling, whether this was true or not, feeling like my mentors were saying to me, if you take time off, you're basically not showing up for your team, your clients, your leaders. And so if you do that, you know, momentum's going to fall back and they will only do as the leader does. So you have to show by example. And so I interpreted that as I have to always be available. So every vacation I had my phone with me, every vacation I remember feeling like I need to do calls and I would interrupt my day to go support somebody and there was no boundaries. I mean, it was just the same day, but I was in a different place, (laughs) different environment. And so nothing really changed on my vacations. It was just simply changing location. And I really did thrive. I loved the concept of Wi-Fi business, that I could work my business from anywhere. I loved the idea that I was working from the beach. There was something sexy about that. I, I appreciated that, but I didn't actually live what I was preaching, which was having time freedom. I was not having time freedom. I was a slave to my business and feeling like if I even took a day off, I may lose something. It may go backwards. And I even taught this. So I take full responsibility. Not only did I live this, I taught this. I told leaders I was working with, if you're going on vacation, take your phone and like carve out an hour a day where you touch base with everyone. And so they see that you're still involved and still working because this is what I was taught. I did not have discernment. And so this is what I would preach. I was being taught it, preach it, being taught it, preach it. And it was working for me. My business was growing. So naturally I was like, this is great. But looking back, how many memories did I miss? How many sunsets? How many memories of my children that I could look back and smile and giggle at on the beach? How many times did I not go down the water slide? How many times at dinner was I distracted? How many times did I miss a view, a tree, a flower, a moment where you take a deep breath and you're just so grateful for where you are? And I know I missed a lot. I know I did. I was distracted all the time, thinking that I had one foot in vacation with family and one foot in my business and straddling these two worlds at all times. Another before is boundaries. I had none. So I would pick up my phone from the moment I woke up and I would be on my phone until my eyes could not stay open anymore. I would be on the phone. My children would come off the bus 
And this one makes me cry. And this is where I still needed to do and still do forgiveness. But I remember my older two kids coming home and I was a stay-at-home mom working. I mean, it was stay-at-home, but I was an entrepreneur. I worked from home and I, they would come into the door and I would shush them. I would be on the phone and be like, shh, with my finger, like, don't make any noise. I'm on the phone. And this was 98% of their time. Most days they didn't walk home to their mom being like, hey, how was your day? I'm so happy to see you. And it's just what I knew. It was just me doing the best I could at that time with what I knew. But I have, you can hear it in me, sorrow for that. Like, they didn't deserve that. They deserved a mom who greeted them and was excited to ask them about their day. And instead, they were greeted by a mom who was treating them like an inconvenience. Like, her business, what she was doing on the phone was more important in that moment. And that was a lack of boundaries. That was teaching people who I was working with that you could call me at any time and you were more important than my own children coming home from school. And it's not their fault. They had no idea. It's 100% my responsibility. But I didn't have any boundaries. If my phone rang and we were sitting at family dinner, I would have a pit in my stomach being like, oh my gosh, I better answer that because if I don't, what will someone think? Like Jen's not available and maybe they'll be disappointed in me or Maybe there's an emergency. There's no real emergencies in entrepreneurship, okay? There's, there's not. There's not 911 emergencies. There's inconveniences. There's moments of big emotion. There are things that suck, <laughs> you know, that feel like, yeah, no, this feels like an emergency right now. Yeah, those are, there's those things, but nothing that is life or death, nothing that is demanding of me getting up from the table with my family and answering the phone. There's just not. But I was in a people-pleasing mode and I thought leadership meant to be a good leader. You were always available and people could truly count on you. That was a before. Another before was another hard one, to be honest, um, events. If there was an event or something that I physically needed to go to, I literally carved and moved my life around it. I planned pregnancies around events. Like this is how serious it was, friends. I planned pregnancies around personal growth conferences. Yeah, I have to admit it. I remember there was an event that I had missed the year before. I had recently been separated and divorced and um, I thought my kids were gonna be looked after. I had bought the tickets, the flights, and um, we had, a, let's call it a disagreement on and a misunderstanding of the time. Let's just call it that. And all of a sudden, my kids didn't have someone to look after them for that weekend. And I, I had to pull out of that event and I was shamed. I was shamed. I was told that, you know, this is going to affect my, my leaders, that I am not showing up. And, you know, if I really want to grow my business, I would find someone to look after my kids. It was horrible. I mean, Talk about navigating new territory as a mom and all of that emotion and now being told that I wasn't committed enough to my business was really difficult. And so the next year that this event came, it was on my son's birthday. And I said, it's my son's birthday. Like, I, I, I don't think I can fly out and come to this event. It's his birthday. And 
I remember being told, well, he'll never remember. It's his second birthday. He's never even going to know that. And I remember justifying that and saying, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Like, he'll never remember. And I'll be honest with you, friends. He doesn't remember. He probably doesn't even know this story. But I remember. I remember that I made a choice to go to an event because I thought I was supposed to versus being home and celebrating the birth of my youngest child. I remember. I remember when my daughter broke her leg in horseback riding. And it was the same week she broke her leg. I had a big event. I was a keynote speaker and it was about a three hour drive. And I was going to put her in the car and put her in the back of the car. And I was like, okay, we'll just like make this a mom daughter day. And she was in pain. It was a big break. And I remember calling my dad and saying like, I don't know what I, I, to do here. Like I'm a keynote speaker and Gracie's broken her leg and I, I, I have to take her. I can't leave her home by herself. And I remember him saying like, what are you teaching, Jen? You tell women to start businesses so they can put their families first. You teach women that they can have it all. And you're putting your daughter who is literally broken in a car to drive for three hours when she is totally uncomfortable to sit through a meeting and listen to you speak, which we know is not just going to be an hour because you stay after and people want to chat with you and have a picture and all those things happen. And, and she's going to be sitting there waiting for you to get back in the car and drive three hours home. What are you teaching? And I remember being so afraid to cancel. Like, what are they going to think? Who am I letting down? They're going to be so disappointed in me. And in that moment, having such a realization going, holy smokes, Jen, what about the disappointment that Gracie might feel? What about pleasing her? What about how she would perceive this? And that was a big moment for me. That was a big shift. I suddenly realized, I don't think I've signed up for this. And if I did, I somehow went down a rabbit hole of feeling like I had to work all the time or something would be lost, that a leader, a great leader, sacrificed and did what they needed to do in order to achieve success. I, I don't know how I got here. And I'm here. I remember people telling me, I don't think I want to be as successful as you. Like, I don't think I could do what you do. You're just so busy and you're always on the go. And I remember being really offended by that. Like, what do you mean? I have a great life. But looking back, I'm like, I totally know what you mean. I totally get it. Looking from the outside in, it must have seemed like I was running in two different directions, uh, sweat pouring down my brow. It must have just been something to, to see. And again, it worked, friends. I was successful. But at what price? At what price? Now, I don't believe we knew much differently back then. I really don't. I don't think we had the knowledge, the healing, the experience, the growth that we have had, obviously. I mean, this is years later. But I'm so grateful for where we're going. We still haven't gotten there yet. There's still a lot more work to do. But I'm so grateful for where we're going. And I want to talk now about the after. I want to talk about the after and, and cast this as a vision for you that if at any moment you have felt like you have to sacrifice a birthday 
or sacrifice making the right choice for your family in that moment versus your business. If you have ever felt in some capacity that you are making those similar choices, maybe not the same, maybe for you, you would say a keynote or not. If my daughter had a broken leg, I would never go. And that's great. I'm not, and and please don't judge, okay? (laughs) I don't need any judging because we do enough judging of ourselves. This is me telling you truths just so you can maybe recognize or be like, I will never do that. Amazing. If me telling you those stories is what prevents you or stops you from doing those things to yourself, this was so worthwhile. But let's give each other grace and understanding because to come to the after took a lot of healing. I can't tell you how many breath sessions I had for self-forgiveness. I thought when I started breath work, my healing journey was a lot about forgiving others. No. 90 if not more was Jen forgiving herself, forgiving herself for making those decisions in that moment with when she thought it was the right thing to do, forgiving herself for not putting her family first and feeling like if she did, her business would fall apart, forgiving herself for allowing people to treat her the way they treated her, forgiving herself for just doing the best she could, but also not sitting in discernment. There was a lot of forgiveness. And the healing journey for me was that. Just knowing that there's some compassion I can show myself from the past. There's big lessons, big, big, juicy, gorgeous lessons that came out of that, that I now have the pleasure and joy of teaching others. I'm like a drug sniffing dog with people I work with. I can sense it when they are starting to make themselves choose or living in sacrificial life at all. I mean, I can see those cues and clues from a mile away. So people who work with me really do benefit from that journey because I just don't even tolerate it anymore. I hold a very high standard for myself and anybody I work with. This does not need to feel this way. And I'm building a second business. This is not me just changing my leadership in the midst of being at the top of a business and just going, okay, I'm going to change now, now that I've arrived. We've seen that. And that's, you know, something we can often excuse. It's like, well, of course, because now you're, you know, a seven figure business owner, you're, you're making different decisions. No, this is Jen who started from ground zero with becoming iconic and built it completely differently. So I am someone who has been in the grind and work of building a business. I've just learned the lessons. I've applied them and I know now how to teach this so that you don't have this experience yourself where you actually realize you get to have it all. Harmonious living is having beautiful time with your family and greeting your children at the door And letting them feel your presence and being where you are in that moment and feeling it so deeply. And when you're working, you work so focused, so well, so intently. It's not that one has 70%, one has 30%. It's nothing to do with the scale. It has everything to do with being where you are in that moment and creating boundaries that create these like shifts and changes in your day. It's like shift from work into 
greeting the kids off the bus, shift into, you know, family time and homework, shift back into cleaning up my office. Like I just have these containers in my day that allow me to really flow and feel so grounded in knowing everybody and everything is getting the best of me. So the after is realizing that vacation and rest is not a luxury. It is a necessity. Who I am coming off of rest is so elevated. I have a huge story to tell about that. And my first true vacation was just August 2021. The very first time I went on a vacation vacation, unplugged, didn't do anything, wasn't available, took time and played. It changed my life. There is a very different Jen who went to Bahamas and left Bahamas. There was a transition, a transformation that happened in those two weeks that I'll never forget. It will always be my favorite vacation. Maybe there'll be other favorites, but it is one that I hold near and dear to my heart because I experienced a vacation. I experienced rest and I had to learn what rest was. I went on that vacation and I had a lot of ideas of this is what it's going to look like and this is what it's going to feel like. I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and I'm going to have big downloads and I'm going to really know my next step in my business. And I was, see what I was doing? I was curating my vacation before I even went on. I wasn't thinking about rest. I was thinking about how much I could squeeze out of it. Very similar reaction behavior, that loop of what, how I used to, to live. And I went on that vacation and I remember it was about day two or day three, I had a massive anxiety attack, like in bed fetal position, rocking myself, breathing, going, what is happening to me? But it was coming from this idea that I had that I would have all this time. I would go for morning runs and I would be in conversation with God and being directed and all these great, you know, tools would be given to me and guidance and intuition. And I just had this, this big feeling of what it was going to be like. And it wasn't, I would hear nothing, crickets, And I remember thinking, this isn't what I had envisioned. Like I was supposed to have ideas by now. And I wanted to come home with like a really clear timeline of 2022 and all these things. And it was like, you're not vacationing, Jen. You're not resting. You're working again. This is what you go back to because you've done it for so long. This is the behavior we're trying to break. And it didn't come to me like that at first. It was just complete silence, a stillness that was almost eerie. And I was so desperate to hear big ideas, see clarity, be creative. After that day, I was exhausted physically. So I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to have a day where I play with the kids and just, you know, give this some space and time to unfold. And that day led into the next day, into the next day, where all of a sudden I didn't even think about ideas, guidance, my timelines, my strategy, my plan. And instead, I was immersed in rest, rest that looked like early afternoon, coming back to the room, reading books, having a glass of wine before we went for dinner, going and watching the sunset every night and letting the kids dip their toes in the ocean as the sun was going down moments. And I felt so good. And I remember 
a moment going to myself. I was, this is the morning I was going for a run and I sat down on a beach chair in the ocean, by the ocean. And I, I looked out of the ocean. I was like, get it. This is what it gets to feel like. That rest is an essential component to my success and just living the life I've built. This vacation, two weeks in Bahamas, is a result of all the success I've generated. Why can't I just sit in that and enjoy it and relish in this beauty and this luxurious resort with my kids and my husband? And oh, wait, this is so much a part of it. And I left inviting more rest, joy, vacation time into my weeks, and that it wasn't even something I had to get on a plane to do, that I could just simply carve out the intentional time to be in rest and play. And it is one of the best things I've ever done. And my business has flourished. My clients now model this in their own lives. They now have more joy and pleasure and are experiencing more moments because of my example. The after is beautiful. Rest is essential. And it is really ultimately the most gorgeous example for people. Like, isn't that what we're all working for? And when is it that we finally get to rest and enjoy? Because even when you hit seven figures, there's more seven figures to, to earn I mean, it's, it's never ending. The journey is not this destination, as you've heard. It's, it's forever evolving. So can we not just enjoy the beauty? Can we not just invite more pleasure into our lives now? Start feeling those feelings now? Still anticipating maybe a big trip. Still anticipating maybe more vacation, more moments, of course. But what could we do now? And this was a huge, huge shift for me in my, in my life and business. Massive. The art of doing nothing. Dolce far niente. Mm, I love it. The other one was boundaries. I remember when I was setting boundaries, the after, like the bridge to this was awkward. <laughs> Very awkward for me. I'm a people pleaser. The client experience is like one of the most important things for me that people, their expectations are exceeded, that they come into my world and they're just wowed from the time they enter and, and find me on social media and the, the value I pour out and on this podcast to the time they exit and we stay in relationship together. I mean, I have lifelong relationships with people. It's incredible. So setting boundaries was an awkward thing because for me, my tendency is to want to always be there to always support. This also comes back to self-limiting beliefs of, especially if you're a coach, people are you know, investing in us, so we always need to be available to them because they're paying us in this whole guilt thing and this worthiness thing that pops up. So we have to really like look at this one and you need to s- decide for yourself what's coming up for you and why boundaries feel so resistant why it is difficult to create them and never mind create them, but hold them and like keep those up (laughs) because we can create boundaries all we want, but are we actually like holding them up and having others respect those boundaries? That's a whole other can of worms, isn't it? But when you have boundaries, something really beautiful happens. 
your trust starts to build in yourself and the trust in others starts to build in you. People know what to expect. People understand you. People respect that. And then they trust you because what you say you're going to do, you do because you're not in burnout. You're not in overwhelm. So when you show up, you show up really well. And when you're not showing up, they respect that because they're like, of course, she's being with her family or has other clients or is painting her toenails. Like it doesn't even matter. We don't even need to justify the boundary. Hey, Jen, are you available for a quick second? I've got something to ask you. Actually, I'm not available right now, but what I can do is talk to you. Do you see? It's how we respond. I have a reel on this on my Instagram. If you want some really great ways to hold boundaries, especially around time, it's like the the ver- verbiage is so good. So if you want to go watch that and check that out, please do. It's It's a really great way to support you. But boundaries are really about you stepping into that CEO posture, being that CEO. Like CEOs don't tell everybody where they are at all times and have their phone with them at all times. I mean, they're out there golfing and having a steak dinner and nobody questions that. Nobody says, I can't believe he didn't answer my call. Like nobody says anything. They just respect that because why? They don't justify themselves. Why are we justifying ourselves all the time? Why are we making excuses or telling people what we're doing and why we can't? It's simply, I can't do that right now, but what I can do is. Boundaries are such an exquisite art. Boundaries about holding yourself accountable to greeting your kids off the bus. That's a boundary. I was blessed to have two more kids and I learned lessons through my first two and my next two, they, they did. They got a, a better mom because of those older two. And, and I'm grateful for my older two for walking me through learning how to be a mom and, and being so gracious and kind to me. And I really did grow up with them. I was so young having them and they really did teach me so much. And I'm grateful for them. But my younger two, they don't come home to a mom that shushes them. They don't come home to a mom that's on her phone. They don't come home to a mom who is distracted. I don't even touch my phone in the morning until I'm done everything I want to do, like get my kids off to school and kiss them goodbye and kiss my husband goodbye and take a moment to breathe and have a sip of coffee and set my intentions for the day. These are important pieces to setting myself up for success These are boundaries that I have. And now that I have them, I can't live without them. I can't imagine living without them. Let's just put it that way. It is the way to go, friends. It's when you feel empowered. It's when you feel energized. It's when you feel vibrant because you are honoring yourself. You're honoring your life and you're honoring your business. And if you don't do that for you, nobody else will. Nobody expects you to be available 24-7. And as a matter of fact, when we are, I think a lot of people start to scratch their heads and go, hmm, she must not have that many clients or she must not be that busy in her business that she's always available. Isn't it interesting, the psychology of all this too? I mean, what are we saying about ourselves if we are always available? And is this the example we want to give? And lastly is events. Events or parties or speaking ops or you know, all these big opportunities that cross our paths where we physically need to be somewhere. And it can even be virtually. It doesn't even need to be that you get, need to get on a plane. But what if events 
started to be the icing on your cake? What if events and speaking opportunities and all these things that we desire got to fit around our lives versus our lives around these events? What would it feel like just to say, it's my son's birthday. I am unable to make that event. Well, you should. No, no, I shouldn't. And that's actually not what I want to teach anybody, that they don't get to be with their children on their birthdays because their business is going to fall apart because of a weekend. When did we buy into that story? And if that's the actual truth, which it's not, but if it were, I don't, I don't know if I want it, but I will always be now the type of person and the way I move and make decisions of what I'd teach my children, of what I would teach you. I will walk the talk and I walked the talk before, but it wasn't necessarily the right advice. I was walking talk that mm, probably didn't need to be spoken about anymore. But now that I know better, I get to do better. I get to teach better. And all of these lessons, all those before stories were to bring me to this moment. When I started this, I thought I wanted to be a health coach. I was a health coach for two seconds to realize I have a lot of health coaching I need to do for myself before I have any business teaching other people. It moved quickly into life coaching is really why I started becoming iconic as so many people were reaching out to me going through divorce. And because I'd gone through a divorce and I was a very successful entrepreneur, just naturally people would reach out and say, could I have a conversation with you? I'm feeling lost. And I didn't feel like I had the tools or I wasn't even qualified to have those type of conversations, which is why I went back to school to be a certified life coach. I wanted to be able to have tools in my tool belt to support people in big conversation and do a really good job at that. And then it just quickly and eventually evolved into business coaching and business coaching is incredible. But what I've loved is that I am actually truly a leadership coach. And what is a leadership coach? A leadership coach is both a life and business coach. A leadership coach is someone who's going to teach you to lead, to walk through your decisions, to walk through creating boundaries, to walk through creating strategy, to walk through self-limiting beliefs to elevate yourself both in your life and business, because I do not believe you can only pay attention to one. Have a business coach and not support your life doesn't work. Have a life coach and not have someone to support your business doesn't work. What works is having your eyes, your heart, your spirit poured out into everything you do and having a mentor who can support you in all of those things. My partnerships are so incredibly deep and full of beauty because we talk about marriage, we talk about a marketing plan, we talk about launching a program, we talk about creating a podcast, we talk about parenting, we talk about how we feel, we talk about self-limiting beliefs and how to move through those, we talk about personal power, we talk about vision, and I am so grateful I can hold big, audacious conversations like that. And it is because of the journey. It is because of so much work. It is because I have been completely dedicated to my own healing and exploration. And because of those things, I can now hold big, meaningful conversation and I can hold us to a higher standard in leadership. You see, the hustle culture, it's died 
And if you are still on the treadmill of the hustle culture, I know for sure you are feeling exhausted, depleted, empty, overwhelmed, frustrated, angry. And that is a choice at this point to stay on that treadmill. You can get off. And when you get off, I strongly recommend you pause. Take a breath, not a break, a breath. Don't rebel against it where you sit back on the couch and you do nothing and you become a couch potato because that's not the right answer. It's about finding what fits. It's about the pause and the breath. It's about discernment and asking the questions. It's about inviting in the feeling you are so anxious to feel that you somehow have attached to a goal. Instead, what if we do that today? What if we embody that today? What if we are that today in everything we do, how we lead every decision, how we greet every person in our lives, everything we do with joy, abundance, compassion, love, excitement, zest. Mm. This, my friends, is what happens when you come into empowerment and when you realize you are so much more in control than you believe you are. You are not the subject to your circumstances. You are the leader of your circumstances. How are you going to lead? What have you learned and how can you do things differently? Entrepreneurship is a totally different game than it was 10 years ago. We have so many tools, so many lessons, so many beautiful opportunities, so much wisdom now to sink into. I am grateful to be in this space with 16 years experience. Not a lot of people can say that. That's my edge. I have an edge with that. There's an edge for you. What's yours? But friends, let's have some fun and enjoyment while we're building this and realize that we get to have it all. We get to have it all. I get to have it all. I have it all. I do not need to choose. My children and my family will not suffer to grow this business successfully. My business will not grow in a slow pace or in a painful way because I, I want to make sure my family is okay. I do not have to give up one for the other. As a matter of fact, I'm choosing both. I'm choosing me and I'm choosing leadership. And in that leadership, I'm going to show everyone who's watching how beautiful this all gets to be. And I'm going to squeeze out every last moment, feeling breath of every single day I am gifted with. There's a before and after. I'm going to leave that with you. Chew on it. Share with me. This is one of those master classes I want to really encourage you to share. Is someone coming up for you? Were you thinking of someone as you were listening to this? Like, oh my goodness, I was just talking to so-and-so about this. Or, you know, so-and-so and I, we used to say this all the time. Share this with them. This is a healing masterclass. This is a revealing masterclass. One that we get to be really proud of together. Because we are creating the shift in the paradigm together. Yes, I'm leading it, but so are you. And we get to do it alongside of one another with our arms locked and our hearts wide open with lots of anticipation and excitement. This gets to feel good. And we're making the choice to do that, aren't we? All right, let's go make it a great day. Thank you so much for listening to Becoming Iconic, the Masterclass. You being here really matters to me. Generosity is a core belief and value of this brand. And I wanted to give you three simple ways of being that and leading that right now in your life. 
Number one is leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're currently listening on. This is a beautiful way of extending this podcast out to the world and new faces and heartbeats learning about it. Number two is sharing on your social media. Please make sure to tag me, Becoming Iconic, and I'll be sure to reach share you and just keep the love going. And number three is cut and paste this link into a text and send it to somebody specific who came to mind as you were listening. Maybe there was somebody who you felt would really benefit from this conversation. That's such a beautiful way of sharing with someone else and also sharing this podcast. Please know that generosity is also something I model all the time. And we have the Manifestation in Motion course for free for you over the Becoming Iconic website. It's becomingiconic.co.co. It's sitting there waiting for you. Five recorded modules, downloadables, and it is so sacred and special to me because this is the course that I taught right before my social media was hacked and taken away. And because of this course, I was able to capture so many memories and photos and all the beautiful value I put out. So it didn't feel like a total loss when that happened. It's really a beautiful way of manifesting in your life and these beautiful rituals to support you in that. I appreciate you being here. You matter to me. This matters to me. And now we are called in to go and make it a great day.